Welcome to the worst nightmare of all. Reality. Explore the lesser-known stories of our unknown world. Join the pursuit of the paranormal with Ash and Greg. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Paranormal Roundtable. I'm Greg from Suit of the Paranormal. We're joined by Michael from Paramike, Michaela from Paranormal A What Podcast, and as ever, Ashley from Pursuit of the Paranormal Podcast. Good evening, Gregory. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday names. Yeah, that's... That isn't actually my name. Nobody believes it. It's not actually my name. It's not on a passport. It's not on a driving license. Nowhere. Not Gregor? No, just Greg. <laughs> Gregor. <laughs> Russian? Well, there's something I need to tell you. Yes. <laughs> How are we all? Good. Yeah, good. Awesome. Yeah? yeah. All sure. okay. Yeah. Everybody Sorry, sure? I, I wasn't trying to jump in front of people because I normally have a habit of talking over people. So I was like, I I'll wait for everyone else. I know I do that as well. And I listen back to podcasts on like, next time. I'm not going to do that. And then there I am cutting in. So I do apologise. Sat there cringing at myself over doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the four of us today. And we are going to talk about... What makes a location haunted? And we'll talk around that. And Michaela is going to talk around a recent investigation that she's been on. So, and what happened on that? We don't even know yet because we haven't uh, even talked about it. We're going to talk about it as it happens. So that'll be cool. That'll be cool. So before we do, what do we think makes a haunted location? Now, is it the contents? And the reason I say contents is because we went to the Stoke Museum that we talked about previously, and it's got all manner of content from weird uh, environments, um, 30s drive door, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just wonder if, if that trumps the location or whether it's the people in it. I don't know. What do you think? Um, I think you might have rested your phone on something because you've hit the thumbs up on the Facebook group chat quite a number of times, Craig. (laughs) (laughs) How did I do that? I have no idea, but we're all looking going, what the fuck's that? Because we can hear do-ding, do-ding, do-ding every five seconds. I do apologise. I'll cut that out. That was two minutes in. That's not a great start. (laughs) That's not a great start, is it? All right, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Fucking <laughs> now, like children. So what was the question? The question was, what makes a location haunted? Do we think it's the content? So, like, we went to the Stoke Museum the other day, or the other week, actually, and it's got all manner of haunted contents. And... um varying from 30s drives front door ed and lorraine warren's personal effects that kind of thing and i wonder if that has more of a bearing on it than the location itself or whether the inhabitants so around parkgeists from some of the main stories they they seem to center around certain people and i just thought that'd be a good topic of conversation as to what specifically makes it haunted? Is it a combination of all three things? Is there something else that makes it haunted? And just because somebody says a place is haunted, what is there a kind of checklist that you could say, does it need to be in one of those three categories to make it haunted or is it something else? So I will throw the floor open. Kayla, I'll, I'll let you field it first because I'm on here all the time and talk too much. <laughs> um, I don't know whether my answer is particularly inspired, but I think it depends on the the place. I think different things make different places haunted. Um, I think that 
obviously there could be residual hauntings which are maybe in the fabric of the building there could be um entities that follow people around um there could be something on the land um so regardless of what the structure of the house is maybe it's the land that's haunted so i i'm a short answer would be i think it depends on each different case i don't think that you could um set up a sort of general list yeah. what makes something haunted and there might be a haunted object in there i know some people don't really believe that um i i think that objects can be haunted i don't think it has to be some creepy doll or whatever i think um that things can attach themselves to material objects if it can attach if a spirit can attach itself to a house which is just a bigger version of an object surely it can attach to another object that's smaller so i think there's lots and lots of different um yeah you'd have to um sort of do it on a a case-by-case scenario really and there's my wisdom yeah (laughs) sounds perfectly reasonable yeah um i i would agree with the majority of that um i definitely think there's an element of psycho psychogeography that goes into things and we've had we've done an entire episode about commonalities in terms of haunted places i.e running water Mm. or old stone and things like that but um psychogeography of certain places say for instance the stoke museum that you've already mentioned it's in an area of stoke and i touched on this last episode so i won't go on too much but it's in an area of stoke called fenton where historically there's been a lot of murders and child murders and as i say it's almost as if that stains the earth and then that influences more negative things to to happen because negative things have historically happened there Mm. um in terms of them being person-centric i've only necessarily read about that in terms of poltergeist books and poltergeist phenomena being person-centric rather than place-centric in the sense of the activity following people to work or if they move house the activity following people um yeah i i don't really buy into the whole haunted object sort of thing but michaela saying what is a house if not a larger object has maybe just sort of go oh, yeah good point and mm. maybe challenge my belief on that a little bit so bravo yeah i hadn't thought of that either no, same I yeah i hadn't thought of that at all the fact that the house is just a big object. So, yeah. Look at that, Michaela. Might be worth <laughs> worth having a look into there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> about you, Ash? Yeah, so I think one of, one of the sort of threads you didn't kind of mention there for me is a lot of the time I think it's the story that's haunted. So there'd be initial story or incident that's happened then that incident gets marketed pushed retold over and over and over like sort of takes a life of its own and people are expecting things to happen because it's happened in the past so it could be nothing at that location that's actually happened or been haunted because the story has just grown and i mean we all know places that maybe just a load of shit and it's just all for making money where people just, it's the story that's haunted rather than the actual location. They're kind of on the kind of sceptical side of it, I guess. Um, in terms of actually haunted stuff, yeah, like Michaela said, it's probably case-specific. So you've got, like, if you talk a lot about land and land being, you know, something's happening on that land, a lot of negative energy, or energy in general gets sort of kept there, and then that energy then feeds into things happening so whether it's just that's that's the land uh, side of it hmm. it's a thing for me when we've been to places i think it has been more of the location itself rather than objects or uh, people i think it has been the place like we've been kind of chase my basement um your king's head Stokes Museum, I think. There's so so many jokes we can say about your basement, Ash. <laughs> but, okay. but I think personally, of all the places that I've been, it seems to be the, the, the location 
is the reason for stuff that happens, not any particular object or people that are in there. Okay, so we we all, well, Mike and Ash talking about that, but we went to Stoke Museum, and that that is basing itself on the fact that it's got loads of haunted objects, and we had interesting experiences in there so are you saying that potentially it's not anything to do with those objects and it's the building itself because if that's the case what's i know some weird shit's happened in that building but what's the point of having all these haunted objects as such or these weird dark objects if they serve no purpose um i think the first point like mike said that area of Stoke has been lots of child murders, weird stuff happening. That's mm-hmm. surely got to be the the area, the land, uh, rather than even not even the building. Obviously, bigger than the building itself, mm-hmm. the whole area. And 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 the objects in there. I mean, it adds to. I mean, it's it's a museum. Um, like you have a museum of dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, so so it is like their <laughs> their day job as a museum is obviously. The, the museum you can go and see these objects yeah yeah they got yeah. like the door from 30 years drive or it's ed and lorraine Warren, Warren, ed and lorraine warren stuff that's a nose is cool yeah um but i just think it, they may be haunted i think because i from my own experience it's just been more the location rather than point objects and having that stuff in there is is cool to to see and it could it could add to it yeah just to interject on that as well, um, I believe there are documented like murders inside of the Stoke Museum, mm. so it's not as if things haven't happened there. Yeah, and also I'm pretty sure I said on a previous episode maybe it's a combination of haunted building plus a bunch of haunted items, and they just bounce off each other constantly and just essentially yeah. say set each other off. You know what I mean? We spoke to. Um... A lady called Nikki McCarty on an episode ages ago, Wicked Nikki. That's her handle on Instagram uh, or TikTok, one or two. And she actually talked about the earth being unwell at one point. That stuck with me quite a lot. And I was thinking, hmm, that seems like, I think, so for example, if you watch the film Poltergeist, the original one, and they have these experiences based on the fact that this housing estate was built on an Indian burial ground or Native American burial ground. And I just, and Pet Cemetery, the story of Pet Cemetery is that things were taken dead into this American Indian burial ground and they come back. So I don't know if, if the ground has a lot to do with it. We've, we've, the, with the location, like you mentioned, Michaela, the location of the, the the wherever it is may be on some unwell land or some land that's had trauma in the past, that kind of thing. Because you do see stories. We spoke to um, John Edmonds at Stardust Ranch, and he claimed to have seen Romans walking through his his living room. And I just wonder what what even that means. Does is that some kind of residual haunting from something that was on the land? But I don't know if the Romans ever went to America. I was going to say, did the, the Romans didn't go no. to America? No, they no. didn't. So it's just like I don't know how that that's explained. Just all sorts of stuff like that. But then I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean. The, the people thing, the people being haunted as such, there's a lot of poltergeist cases, or predominantly the poltergeist cases all centre around a person in a particular household, the family. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily linked to the location. I don't know. It all seems, because there's like the hitchhiker effect that happens. So the Batsy poltergeist went to this girl's work and the scissors were thrown round at work and she was told to leave and all sorts of stuff is... It's weird. It's weird. Did well, you... Wasn't it... Sorry. Cara McKe- no, Cara Um, Am I right in thinking the Amityville horror um, 
was completely centred around the family and after those people left the house, the next people who lived there reported no mm. um, phenomena at all. Yeah, so, I don't think there was anything after they all yeah. they all left, yeah. Which often Which is, happens, right? Have you yeah. did you finish reading the South Shields Poltergeist by Chance Greg? No, um, yeah. Re, read still that. Plowing. It's, it's very good. But that's again, that sort of sent they believe initially it centers around a young boy and then later on they seem to think that it's targeting um his stepdad or like the mum's boyfriend husband sort of thing because it seems to want to get him out of the picture and seems to be a lot more violent towards him um oh, i tell you what i need to i need to message my cuz that reminded me reminded me my mum's cousin and all my mum's aunties and my nan she come from south shields so i'll i need to tap them up that's just yeah. reminded me and see what they know about it one one thing we haven't touched on um could it be some sort of human psychic manifestation that causes hauntings. I was going to um, bring that up, actually. Go for it. Because I can't even remember. It's so annoying. I can't remember who it was I was talking to not long ago. Um, And we were talking about the idea that if if you um, gave credence to the idea that every thought has a physicality, um and the idea that if hundreds of people or thousands of people all believe in the same thing um can that then be created such i mean there's modern day ones aren't there like slender man and things like that but is it possible for for these thought forms to actually be um sort of concocted by lots of people believing in it like i think really interesting like like a tulpa right yeah where let's take let's take our old favorite 30s drive for instance that it's been spoken about in the 50s or whatever that it's haunted and then but because it's got that reputation people keep going back and people people keep believing it's haunted and does some sort of as say weird psychic ability manifest a haunting in the Mm. sense of as michaela says like a thought form or or a tulpa a an entity that's birthed from human thought essentially yeah that I'd... would be fascinating to know but you get cases of like a mass hysteria that causes group um things to happen to to large groups of of people we we've spoken to to one guy and he was talking about like there was this mass mass faintings uh, and yeah, such like in Nottingham, yeah, and they couldn't find any reason for it. It's like even dogs got, yeah, problems. even dogs were getting ill. And then there's been reported cases. I think it was in school, some school somewhere, and all these people were starting to fall down. But and all these kids, but when they moved away from the sort of the main area, it they were normal again. And it's like you talk about manifestations of things and. I don't know if any of you uh, are into TikTok and stuff like that. I knew that's where this, was, I knew I that's where this conversation was going the minute you said about <laughs> manifestation, manifestations. Greg, so yeah, if you if you mm. if you look at a lot of these social media influencers nowadays, mainly, I, I want to say the women. I don't know if it's the guys do it. It's only because I've got teenage daughters, so they go, "Oh, who's in this person?" No, so check them out. But there's there's people that genuinely believe that you can manifest your own luck or your own money and, and all these kinds, of, which I, I kind of get. It's like a positive mental attitude. The secret. But isn't that essentially what's happening in these other things? People, they've got this idea and it just manifests itself. Well, like the law of attraction stuff, right? Where if you if you can sort of visualise yourself as having a lot of money then for some people that can that becomes true and whether that's a case of because it starts to enter your subconscious or your psyche you then start to make moves to get you to that point consciously or unconsciously it's a it's a big thing and i've seen it happen with people where they can manifest something that they want into reality 
but I don't necessarily know if that's a psychological trick that because you're thinking about it constantly and manifesting it, that then changes your brain pattern to make you take steps to getting there. So would um, that be the same in the case of some kind of haunting that you go, well, I can hear that knocking noise. Less, yeah, is, less... that, is that a ghost? And then it, over time, your brain's just going, That's, that can't be the house making that let's, noise. Let's take, it, let's take it back to Stoke, uh, the Stoke Haunted Museum and when we're downstairs mm-hmm. going, can you knock again, please? And it's on command. Yeah. What's to say that's not a people in a room wanting that to happen and our collective thought forms of making it happen, you know? <laughs> but in <laughs> some way, like I always say these sorts of things, which is, um, isn't that almost as incredible as if it was a ghost? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. So it's no, it's no less kind of incredible. But, but doesn't that, that, that... what you thought? Doesn't that sort of come to the same with uh, my haunted hotel? Everybody's in these rooms going, can you make a noise? Can you knock, up, knock on a wall? And that many people, and that that was suggested when we spoke to to the girls from to investigate. They were they were talking about the fact that, is it because over the years at these kind of locations that people have sort of said, can you knock on the wall? Can you knock? Can you tap? That kind of thing, that it's it's become a thing. And maybe there's like there's something leading into that as to why super skeptical people or people who don't necessarily believe in the paranormal who end up going on investigations sometimes have nothing happen because maybe mm-hmm. because they don't think it's going to happen it doesn't happen whereas yeah. the other the other thing can be said for people who wholeheartedly believe in the paranormal and floorboards creaking is paranormal to them but, but, but yeah. well, maybe they block it maybe they psychically mm. block it yeah yeah you know yeah. what would be really interesting is if somebody did an investigation at my ha- my haunted hotel, and but it was a silent investigation. So for the whole night, nobody asked anything, nobody provoked anything. People just observed what, if anything, happened. That would be really interesting, actually. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, I've not really done it, but I've toyed with the idea of. I think I might mention this before going on an investigation and not actually doing any calling out. Yeah, just having a chat that. as normal. Just having a chat and just, oh yeah, how you doing? How's the kids? Blah, blah, blah. And just seeing if activity starts happening around you. Because again, that'll be less in line of you trying to manifest something by going, oh, if you're here, can you knock for us? Mm. And actually asking for it. But would that mean then that it's, it's some kind of sentient entity? Because it's got, if it starts to try and attract your attention, that means it's got some kind of intelligence. You'd have to try and ascertain if it, or sorry, ascertain if it would be residual order intelligent, though, right? But if you, if, but if it's if it's purposely knocking or making things happen around you, just because you're there. Doesn't that suggest it knows you're there? Unless it's just your energy that's... Here we are with energy again. Um, But maybe it's just the the human energy, the human, you know, that kind of stirs up the atmosphere a bit. I don't know. Maybe we are like batteries Mm. in that term of, you know, kind of energy. And I know Mike's not so keen on the energy theory but um but i feel like be. i feel like a cock after calling you out on it last time and you've been like well it's energy and then be googling it and being like right what you're saying checks out so <laughs> <laughs> so i'm on board with it now Michaela. Okay. <laughs> no but just just the idea that we're um i mean obviously when we're leaping about and we're all super excited it's it's almost like friction isn't it with the atmosphere creating maybe like air pressure friction of air and, pressure yeah yeah um, but are we, even if we were still, does does our kind of bodily en- energy interact with the atmosphere a bit like a battery? I don't know. Well, we give off electromagnet- electromagnetic frequencies. Yeah. Very small ones. There could be an element of that. Um, I don't know. I, I'm kind of, part of me wants to believe that it's, um, it's, it's the power of the human mind that we don't know enough about yet to say it could be this this or this um if it's the power of the human mind is that not even more like like i mentioned is that just phenomenal in itself it's still crazy yeah 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 like not to 
not to bang on again, but from doing like some of the mediumship psychic stuff and then starting to believe that the concept of God is just a, a consciousness, a cloud of consciousness somewhere where the spirits or souls or consciousness of whoever passes away goes up into this conscious cloud and it's just a, a mass collection of consciousness that can be tapped into. Yeah. We're all getting what? a bit ex existentialist now, aren't we? Are, yeah. It's all getting a bit deep. <laughs> I'm starting to just sit here and I'm yeah. not really too sure where, where I fit into the universe anymore. <laughs> but but when interesting. You, when, when you start to think about how much we, how sorry, how little we actually know mm. about fucking everything, mm. it's insane. How much of our day-to-day, -day, how, much, how much in your day-to-day -day life do you do just because it's based on a theory by someone somewhere? And it's yeah. just like, fuck yeah! Like when people well, talk about talk about space and stuff, and they go, "Oh yeah, we've got this massive telescope, and we've seen this, that, and the other." And it's like, but that's just you telling us that. Mm -hmm. And this isn't, and this isn't an argument for why the Earth's flat at all. But, <laughs> but it's that sort of scenario, right? Like how much of tinfoil hat? Yeah, how much? How much of our reality is just things that we're told and mm. not actually subjected to? Absolutely. What blows my mind, and I know it's all maths, but they put the James Webb telescope out in the L2 orbit and this point in space where basically gravity go in, pulling you out and gravity pulling you in is it's like a dead zone. So they can stick the telescope there. And it won't move. And it won't move. How, and like you say, we're only told that that's happened. I don't know. I can't yeah. see the thing with my own eyes. I'm having to trust these people. I mean, we're going down a, a a bit of a rabbit hole here. But going back to the the manifestations, it's a very similar thing that's done in like C5, for example, with UFOs, that you, you start calling out, you, you're trying to manifest these craft, and it happens for, for a lot of people. But is that is that object in the sky any different to a haunt, like a, a ghost or a spirit or an entity in a house? That it's a concept of what your brain manifests, like from from inside your mind out physically. I mean, it's possible that the, say these it's not the same thing. Yeah, it's exactly. just presenting itself in the way that you're asking it to. Yeah, because you're or, saying I want to see a, a craft in the sky, essentially. Or you interpret it in the way that is most comfortable for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is difficult to know. It's like it's like the you know the um, age-old question of if a tree falls in a forest and there's nobody there, does it make a noise? You know, mm -hmm. it's like well, we don't know because we weren't there. But if you yeah, put exactly. a camera there, then someone is technically there, even though. There isn't anyone there. So, but if the camera wasn't there, would it know that? Is it, is it making a noise just because the camera's there? Or is it? Yeah, is the tree going? Oh well, there's no point in making a noise because no one's yeah. there to listen. Can't be asked. Mm. That is a um, main character theory where something like that, where like I can only see the room that I'm in now. So the outside of my window, because the curtains are closed, I can't see it. So that might not exist. Therefore, it doesn't exist, yeah. It only exists when I open the curtains and look outside. Yeah. It's not actually there until I see it. <laughs> and that, the whole world could be like that. So Are you like, keeping you up, everyone? <laughs> and when also, we stop talking, you guys cease to exist until yeah. I talk again. And also, the your brain... Oh, sorry. your All your senses are basically sensors for your brain to be able to locate itself in a space that it's not aware of. Mm. Wow! Because you know what I mean, like, and That's it. it goes back to Schrodinger's cat. Then, really, I, I was going to mention that as well. Like, both possibilities are are correct because you don't know either way. Till you open that box, you don't know if the cat is either dead or alive. So technically, it's both at the same time. Yeah, which is mental to think about. And I try to explain that to my kids, and they're like, "Well." It's got to be one of them. I said it is one of them, but it's also both of them at the same time. Yeah. Because until I... the box is open, it's both. 
I tried having this conversation with Patsy, who wholeheartedly believes in ghosts, and I was like, well, do you believe in God? She goes, no. I was like, but the the probability of them, or they're, they're both equally as likely as each other. And she was like, no, no, it can't be. No, ghosts are definitely more likely to be real than God. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> we can't we can't prove them either way. They're both equally likely <laughs> both equally likely the same value. Like yeah. we don't know, therefore It's crazy, isn't it? Going super deep for a I know. A Tuesday. Wow. It's good, man. It's because we had a bank holiday, that's why. Yeah, we've had an <laughs> extra day to sit in our own thoughts and be Mike like, didn't even know what the day was earlier. Yeah, mate. Oh, it's Tuesday today, yeah. I was like, fucking hell. <laughs> but it, but it's true though. It is a lot of it essentially created by the mind. I think that's that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? And a lot of hauntings can be put down. The people are just interpreting what they see and what they hear as something paranormal. Um, and you see it across Facebook and social media a lot. The people going, "But I've seen this, and this I caught this on camera." It's like it's just the way that the light reflects off yeah. the back of your iPhone. Or you say to somebody, did you take it on an iPhone? They go, yeah, why? How did I know that? Because mm. that anomaly comes up, comes up like that in an iPhone. I have to say, though, it's, it is down to interpretation. I was sat, um, one of my favourite kind of um, ridiculous programmes are... One of my favourite programmes, um, which I like to watch with my youngest son because it's the only thing he'll watch with me to do with the paranormal. And it's um, it's ridiculous. It's Well, there's two. There's the American one, Paranormal Caught on Camera, and the um, British one, Unexplained Caught on Camera. And I I cannot get enough of those programmes. I love them. Because I, I love sit them. there... Um, and we were talking about the fact that it's all based on your own interpretation because I sit there and I go, oh, that's ridiculous. That's not a UFO. That's, um, you know, some light in the sky. That's not That's not a UFO. That's a meteor. It's plainly a meteor going across the sky. Um, that's not a ghost. It's plainly blah, 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 blah. And then the next one will come and I'll go, oh, no, that's real. That's definitely <laughs> real. Oh, my goodness. That's really freaky. And and then afterwards, if I was thinking about it sort of sensibly, it's like, I have no idea what's real and what's not because I wasn't there filming those things. Mm. Um, but yet some of them, I, I'd sort of put money on them being real and some of them I'm sort of going, oh, don't be ridiculous. They're yeah. actually a really good programme to watch to, to learn how to spot crap videos. Because like you say, some of them you go... Who's even put this on TV? And this so-called expert from some well-known podcast, because I, I recognise the name of it, and I'm like, you're saying, well, it definitely could be this, this, and this. And I'm like, what? That, are you mental? And they, like, they cook, they're saying stuff, and it's just like, it's clearly faked. Or what. But then, like you say, Michaela, I wasn't there, so I, I don't know. A lot yeah. of the ones that, that get me are the ones where they go into these old buildings in like South America. They go into, they open up the door of this cell or whatever, and they look around the corner, there's this little creature in the corner. Then they freak out and run out, and you only see it for a brief second. And you're like, oh, so, I so wish that was real. Yeah. But in my heart, I know it's not, and it's done for clicks. And But I don't know. But then, was it? I don't Blurry creatures. Blurry creatures. and I, But yeah, I, I watch. I've got them all on record as well. I like putting them yeah, on series. Yeah. And when I've got nothing else to watch, I will put them on there and then like fast forward some of them. I'm like, oh. Yeah, there's, there's some where, that are truly George. Yeah, some of them. And you just yeah. think, I really hope that's real. I mm. really hope it is. Um, but of course, you never know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Michaela, you recently went somewhere and had an investigation that we haven't even spoken about. That's um, right. Um, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. 
I hope my group don't mind me uh, talking about it, but I know that they will be the other realm. I went um, down to Salisbury with the other realm. Please check out their Facebook page because they put and their YouTube. They're going to put a video um, footage up of what happened to us there. And um, it was very interesting. It's a place called Castle, the Old Castle Cottage. Um in Wiltshire and it's um a, a very old cottage i think it's 16th century i want to say um and it's built in the grounds of an old um castle which is no longer there but the moat still stands around where the castle used to be now um I don't want to say that there is stuff here and there isn't stuff there because I'm sure that every time people go, they get have different experiences. We didn't get anything at the castle, but we got quite a few things in the cottage. Um, and they were very subtle, but um, obviously we need to still go through all our footage. But the two main, three main things that we had, we had... Um, the sounds of people walking um, across the floorboards on the first floor when we were on the ground floor. That happened twice. We okay. had um, a couple of really good EVPs. One where um, someone said the name of um, the person who was talking to the spirits. Um, and as she was saying at the end, end of recording... It said her name over her voice. So that wow. was quite, whoa, uh, that really freaked her out. Um, but the main thing, it happened right at the beginning, before, of course, before we got the camera set up, before we got the voice recorders recording. So we've only got our own ears um, to sort of go back on. And that was the sound of a lady humming. Um, and it was the sort of mindless humming that you might do when you're doing quite a boring job. So I don't know if I, any of you are prone to dusting or, you know, sweeping or that, but that sort of <laughs> sort of. Okay. Um, and we were sat in the kitchen. Um, and I turned round to one of the other people and looked at her as if to say, can you hear that? And she looked at me and then we both looked into the hallway um, and there was someone else in the living room and we shouted out, were you humming? She was like, no. So then we went round everybody. There was somebody outside and but there was no one in that in the corridor and it was definitely humming. So uh -huh. yeah, make of that what you will. But we didn't get any responses. Everything was audio that we had. Yeah. Um, so maybe it could just be residual because it seemed to be kind of happening regardless of what we were doing. Okay. The footsteps is an interesting one then because, like, I suppose you could you could put one particular noise down as like a, a building sound, a creak or something like that. But yeah. footsteps is... There's quite a distinctive motion and the sound like we heard footsteps. Um and you, you can't really dismiss those as anything other than what they they kind of are. Yeah. Can you? Because it's repeated, isn't it? It's mm. not just one yeah. no noise, excuse me. It it was all the way across the floor. And the only thing because we had it again right at the end of the night, so it was about three o'clock in the morning. And the only thing that we wondered, we couldn't tell for the first set, um, but the the second set was above the living room. Now, there are two cottages joined together. So we wondered whether someone was going to the loo in the cottage next door and the floorboards might span the entire top floor. And I know yeah. that does happen a lot in old houses that... If somebody walks in their cottage, then your floorboards creak mm. because they're all connected. Yeah. So that could be a possible explanation for that. Because that's quite, not to keep going on about the 
the haunted hotel, but you you could see why in older buildings that people um, hear stuff, quite innocent stuff, and and can be quite weird. And like you say, old buildings where they sort of span across multiple buildings. Yeah, who's because I mean the, the walls in a lot of the old buildings are super thick. Yeah, like. My one of my nan's houses, they had like these real thick walls, and there was nothing getting through them. But upstairs and some of the floorboards, you could, you could hear a mouse sort of walk across it because they were so squeaky and stuff like that. Yeah. So oh. it's it's inter- it's interesting with the old buildings that 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 plays a, a big part. And I wonder if certain types of hauntings of old buildings are just people not understanding how the building sounds. Yeah. One of the um, things that we were, we weren't sure whether we'd managed to sort of debunk it in the end due to faulty, um, faulty equipment. But um, in the, the main bedroom for about half an hour, we had uh, motion sensors and they were going off constantly um, when nobody was in the room, but we did reset them. And then it didn't happen so much. So whether maybe there was a bout of activity and then it dissipated or maybe it just was the equipment being a bit funny. Um, But a lot of things, it's well worth going. It's not scary. It's just odd. It's like things were constantly happening in a different room to what you were in. So much so that you'd sort of be second-guessing yourself going, did I just hear that? Um, like like with the humming, everybody going, did everybody hear that humming? And then you're sort of going, we did hear that humming, didn't we? But it wasn't something that you could kind of catch. It was kind of all, it was always out of reach, mm. which kind of made it more fascinating anyway. It's so, like a horror film. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, a kind of unspooky horror film in a way, except for the uh, the talking on the EVP that was bit freaky but you're going there mike aren't you is that right uh yeah december with the uh the events company i go to a lot of events with everglow they're doing sort of a um private team event there in december i think every december they'll do like a a christmas team event yeah. uh, do you know why was... they decided to go there um uh yeah uh, I don't think I'm at liberty to talk about it on this podcast. All oh, right, okay. It's nothing sinister, but yeah. But I'll leave um, you hanging like that. I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you off air. Um, oh, right, okay. it's, I, it's it's nothing like it's no big scandal scoop story or anything. But yeah. I just don't know if I'm at liberty to discuss it. Um, but anyway, like last year, we went to a place called Don Stylers in Gosport. Oh, that's not used, far from here. Used to be a an isolation or a smallpox hospital and is now a gym. Um, Don, Don Stylers. Okay. And they Don's... let you have it, did they? You can rent it out. Don Stylers, oh, wow. it's old, old gym. He was into bodybuilding and a lot of the, a lot of the equipment's like 50 years old, really old, like plates and weight machines and stuff. Um, I'm only yeah. laughing because you've said it was like a smallpox, a smallpox place. And now all of a sudden it's like this gym. Yeah. And I just yeah, imagine. Honestly. I can see both images in my head and it wasn't Mate, quite. It was, it was fucking minus eight in December and they hadn't closed the windows to any of the buildings during the day. So it was oh. fucking freezing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going, as I say, or as I said in the group, it's Castle Cottage is one of those places that I keep hearing things about, but I don't keep hearing what's haunted about or hearing people actually get activity there so i'm a bit like and it seems to have popped up out of nowhere Mm. um so i'm a bit like i i'm interested to see what if anything happens yeah because i watched um the haunted hunts and Um, they got they got very little there right yeah so i wasn't really expecting much Mm. Um, but actually, it was pleasantly surprising. Mm. Good, good. I look forward to it. 
No. Do you know what? I've actually recently discovered um, that there's a really good place for me to investigate in my hometown of, well, my adopted hometown of Chichester. Um, there was a massive hospital here called Grayling Well Hospital. And 90% of it, unfortunately, has been um, modernised and made into hundreds of houses and flats. They've kept the main building. So imagine kind of lots of really old hospital wings um, made from stone. They're really beautiful buildings, big kind of arched windows in them. And they've all been repurposed as lovely flats and things. I'd love to know if people have had any activity there. But there's one building that still remains derelict. And I don't know if I can get in it, but I'm going to try to. Because um, actually, if you look up the history, there's um, an awful lot of things. That it was sort of, um, you know, the equiv equivalent of an insane asylum, this particular bit. So, uh, so you, you never know. Are you going to try and herb exit? Getting. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not that adventurous, I have to say, but I might poke around the outside. <laughs> yeah, that's that side of things never appealed to me. Like with the with the YouTube channel, where loads of channels sort of mix urbex and investigating. Yeah, I'm. And I'm was... too good. I'm too. I'm a teacher. I'm. Like, yeah. I've got an innate fear of being told off. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was always of the opinion when we first started the channel that there's no, I want no way I want to be caught crawling through brambles and fucking broken glass and stuff, <laughs> especially with like loads of equipment and cameras. I'm like, nah. I'll yeah, just... and then some big burly security guard with an Alsatian rocks it up, and you're like, no. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And then apparently they want to look for all your footage to make sure you haven't been vandalizing the place or whatever. And it's just like, oh. it's just not worth it for no. me. Like, no. Nah, no, thanks. no, but I might have a, a poke around up there because I've, uh, I think I've done Chichester a disservice in the past. I've always sort of moaned about the fact that um, despite the fact that it was one of the first Roman towns, there's basically nothing going on here. Uh, but the longer I've lived here, the more I've discovered that actually there is. It's just yeah. that um, I can't get permission to investigate anywhere because they're all that so many of the buildings in Chichester um, are owned by chains, um, and you just can't get the permission to to investigate them. And I know at least four buildings in Chichester Town Centre where there's mad activity, um, but I just can't investigate. And, and even the staff are saying you've got to come, but we just can't. It's a nightmare, isn't it? Because you're right, it's like they're either privately owned and whoever owns it doesn't want anything to do with paranormal investigations, or if not, uh, the price of a private hire investigation is astronomical. Yeah. For a lot of places. Like we've we just went not necessarily on the paranormal side of things, but just for a visit, we went to a place called Little Dean Jail, which is a former prison turned museum in the forest of Dean. And it's full of really grotesque stuff like nazi uniforms and kkk uniforms and just horrible stuff from throughout history and they used to do ghost hunts there um because apparently being a former jail it's, it is haunted by its own right and then he's got all this fucking horrid shit in it mm -hmm. um but we spoke to him on the front desk and they were like we don't do them anymore because someone tripped and someone tripped over and hurt themselves and tried to sue us oh. and that's ruined it for everyone i was just like man like if ever there will be a place that will be unsettling even if it's not necessarily haunted that'd be it but yeah we should go to oxford prison what the castle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i've done the investigation there yeah it is expensive it's expensive but the history there it's a thousand years worth of history there the um the hill just outside of it's meant to be really haunted as well, right? Where they used yeah. to execute the people. gallows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in the crypt bit at the bottom, it's a thousand years old, and that's where Oxford University first started. Was in the the crypt of Oxford Castle. Jeez. So yeah, so it would be good. Yeah. It's it's, <clears throat> it's a great place. It's mega money it's, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a cool place. So hire it out for yourself. It's easily a grand. So. Shepton yeah, Mallet's the same. Shepton Mallet's like twelve, fifteen hundred pounds to rent out. But if you had enough people going, you could you could privately do we it. We need a, got, you get insurance and all that shit. We well. need we need a big private syndicate where we mm -hmm. can be like renting out this place. Who wants to come? 
Yeah. But uh, but yeah, even so, like, even you kind of look at that, and let's say, for instance, if you wanted to private hire Shepton Manor Prison for £1,200 with a group of people you know to privately investigate it, mm. and yeah, it'd be an experience. It's not like a public event where you're ever going to attempt to earn a bit of that money back. It's just like... Yeah, it's just everybody investing in a, a night out and... Uh... Which potentially is nothing may happen. What down no. a way to look at paranormal investigating? <laughs> but the thing is, over the last few years, people have seen the paranormal as a way to make money. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And a lot of groups like um, spring up and they go, "Yeah, we'll do a paranormal hunt at this place." And so, like, fucking hell, you're charging that amount per person when I know how much it is to hire the place. Yeah, and there's like forty people there, and you're like. Really, at like 60, 70 quid a person, Oxford Prison, and like 40 odd people, somebody's making a lot of money that night. I'm sure, and most of the people who work for events companies are volunteers. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing it because they get a free night out, basically. Yeah. Because I get to do a doing, free ghost hunt and just yeah. love it. Yeah. I'm sure I've calculated an event where there was like 30 people. It was like a grand in total mm. for like how much people are paid. I think yeah. it was, it must have been the Skirid actually. Sure, I calculate yeah. the skirid was like a grand just from people sat in that room, and I was like, "Fuck me!" Uh, but do you think that that ruins ruins it now because it puts it out of the stretch of small teams? Like when we, if just a few of you wanted to get together to go to a like a paranormal location, it kind of prices you out, and then you get some groups that have got a block booking on certain nights of the week at, at certain venues. Like thirty East Drive, certain nights are just blocked out for years. They're, I'll, I'll be honest; they're probably sold out for the entirety of next year as well. Yeah. Well, like, they're definitely sold out um, every Friday and Saturday next year because we mm-hmm. looked into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's mad. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of get what you mean. I think it does make it more difficult for for people who want to try and uh, privately hire places, but also for smaller events events groups because they have to go to maybe lesser known um lesser known locations and charge less for them because they're not as well known or it's not like you google ghost hunts england and it's haunted happenings that pops up for instance you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so they it's it's difficult to compete in that space but then my god this is sounding like a business podcast now isn't it Mm -hmm. um (laughs) But then there is an events company I follow on Facebook that they, in the last year, seem to have almost done everything right and sold out Lancaster Castle on the night the Pendle Witches, the night before their execution, and Lancaster Castle was where they were held the night before their execution, which was really recent. They managed to A, secure the booking, and then B, sell it out. So I think there is still the opportunity to be able to do well but yeah it's diff- it, like, yeah. like everything is difficult because there are usually I find there are too many people at organised events um, and you don't get anything but then because of the price of places being so prohibitive I mean I've been in three investigation groups and all of us um, in each group we just end up going to all these outdoor places you know like um castles that have half fallen down and woods and forests and places that are free but freezing (laughs) Um, and open to the weather and you end up all stood around at two o'clock in the morning around some half ruined castle like Mm -hmm. freezing your balls off you might might as well debunk everything because of the sound of nature yeah you can't Yeah. You can't categorically say that anything is paranormal when you're open to the elements. Yeah, it's difficult. Mm. It's really difficult. I've got to say, we did the investigation last week and that didn't cost me a penny because it was an outdoor um, outdoor Bigfoot hunt. That we oh, did you find it? Week. Did you find anything? <laughs> did no. you find it? it? It was, I mean, I, I just like getting out there. Um, quite unusual because this was in Witness. If you think, where might a Bigfoot be? I don't think you'd ever say Witness. Um, or anywhere kind of like like that because uh, the, the reason why I went up there was a lady had come to one of our UFO meetings and she talked about 
experience you had in Widnitz. Three of them, it's about 15 years ago. And at the top, what's called Pex Hill, which has an observatory at the top, run by Liverpool um, Astronomical Society. And it's, like, it's not much woodland, it's probably only a couple of acres worth of trees and forest, and there's a quarry at the bottom. But they were walking around, there's three of them. And they just described it as a seven foot airy man came out off near the footpath and the orders ran and got in the car and drove off because uh, they were scared. So that's the reason why we were going up there. And when I was looking into was there anything else been seen, any other reports anywhere near Witness, because it's just such a random little town in the northwest. And since the seventies there's been reports of a Bigfoot like creature in Crompton, which is literally two minutes from where Pexhill is. It's like, oh, that actually has been a number of different reports over the, like, over decades in, in this area. And, and like, we, we never rule anything out. If it's interdimensional, it could be, you might not need the massive open spaces. Don't know what it is. So we went. Um, nothing much happens. Um, so it's good to be out in, outside, doing this stuff. For me, I think there's just too many people with us. Um, and too many people just talking. You couldn't really hear anything if you were trying to listen because people were just talking. Although towards the end, this is where it got a bit interesting towards the end. We walked, because we sort of walked down to the bottom where the quarry is. And we're walking back up the hill. And we're just going in different areas. And there's like a bit of a clearing or a build up of trees. And could hear a thumping noise. It was like noise when like, like you bounce a football you go, fuff, fuff, as you bounce the football it was like that but repetitive oh. it's not like it's coming from near the car park area bear in mind this is about one o'clock in the morning it's not you're not expecting to have people playing football or messing around up on the hill and you would we'd hear cars coming up and stuff if anybody had come since we got there so hearing this thumping noise like a fuff, Type noise. It's a bit, I don't, I've got um, footage of it. But then, the bit that sounds weird, it sounds like nothing, but then if you watch Hellier, <laughs> so clear as day, it was the sound of a car door shutting, like someone slamming a car door. Hmm. And then we didn't hear that thumping noise after that. But there's no like, noise of a car driving off or engine starting, it's just this one car door shutting noise. And it car doors like this... and babies. And it was like this thumping noise was like similar to a car door shutting when we thought about it. And it's like it was trying to perfect this noise. And after it perfected it, it stopped. And then we walked back up to the car park. Because we weren't far from the car park at this point. Um, and then obviously there's nobody there. But that was the only kind of potentially a bit weird because there's nowhere. There's no roads near here. Um, there's nobody playing football near here. But just this weird thumping noise, and then the car door, and I was like, Hell yeah, car door. <laughs> We've just heard it. Hell yeah, <laughs> is so good. And so, in, yeah, we didn't, we didn't see a big foot, but we heard the car door shut. Which sounds like nothing, but in the context, you never know. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I'm hoping on the next episode of paranormal roundtable that we we might have a hellier moment hopefully yeah hopefully how yeah cool. can you tell or is it are you just going to be mysterious depends when this episode goes goes out this is actually going to go out after this <laughs> thing isn't it oh okay so we could actually go on then well, should we keep it a secret i don't know <laughs> just tell us off air yeah tell, tell us off after. air Right. Yeah. Ooh. Keep tuned, folks. <laughs> I tell you what, when you're thinking about paranormal noises, because on Hellier, uh, for anybody who's listening who hasn't watched it, A, you should, because it's really yeah, good. It's so good. It's on Amazon. Um, it's on YouTube as well for free. Oh, is it? Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, done. Full I've... episodes. Oh, I've paid for it as well now. Oh, well. Um, so I'm on my second Forget I said that, Michaela. <laughs> Um, 
they were talking about particular noises, paranormal type noises that keep coming up, like phantom car doors closing and babies crying. And of course, in my haunted hotel, they have a baby crying. I hear um, five. But Maybe I've I've, I've got a thing that happens to me a lot, um, which is a popping sound. And um, it's happened to me quite a lot of times in my life without explanation. Um, and it's literally um, like when you do put your finger in your cheek and make that popping sound, uh, it's like an exaggerated sound of that. And it, in my mind, it almost reminds me of somebody popping in or out of existence, like a dimension or something. But I've heard it several times, and I've heard it um, a couple of times in my own kitchen. Um, oh, wow. And it, it's really loud and really poppy. Um, there was one particular time I was sat in the living room, and I heard this pop. And I was like, what the hell is that? And it sounded like it came from the um, near the sink here. And I came in, I was like, what the heck? But it's happened to me quite a lot of times, so I don't know... What do you reckon about the idea that there are certain weird paranormal sounds that people have in common? Uh, I can tell you that when I first started getting into the whole psychic mediumship stuff, I'd be sat in the spare room playing video games. and I could swear I would hear Patsy say, like, call me and say, Mike. And I'd be like, I know, okay, take the headphones off. Go and go, just call me. No, what are you on about? And it happened multiple times, and I'm like, the fuck's going on? And I've, from reading into it and things, other people have experienced, other people who claim to be psychic or whatever, have experienced um, the sound of hearing their name called. I've had that a lot out of, of times Out well. of thin air. It's so weird, isn't it? Because you're like, yeah. fuck, you just call my name. Yeah. Yeah, especially when you've got a name as long as Michaela. Because you're like... Yes. That yeah, it wasn't it's Mick. Not super common. It wasn't yeah. Mickey. It was Michaela. And you're like, hang on a minute. <laughs> no, it is. That yeah. is very weird. Anybody yeah, else? Maybe... Ash and Greg? Have you had any? No. Weird paranormal sounds? I'm about. You two are so tune... off. I'm in tune with the paranormal like a brick is. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I haven't. Really? I ha... No, I haven't really. Um, no, I I can't say that I have, but I'm not. I don't class myself as a very open person. A lot of people will probably tell me that as well. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I don't think spiritually I'm very. Cause I'm still fairly. I'm still fairly young in my journey of the paranormal. I think, in terms of really getting deep in it, like. The, really the last few years when we've been doing the podcast is where I always had an interest. I always watched programs, all that kind of stuff, and it always fascinated me, but I was never really invested in it like like I have been the last few years. So I think I, I think I'm still finding my way. Even though I've been doing paranormal investigations for years and years and years, I think I, I've, I've always been super closed off and I never had anything happen on paranormal investigations until really we've started the podcast and then I've like, I've heard things and um, or I'll see something like I've just, just then. Um, but no, I, I don't think I've been emotionally switched off to it all. I think I always see stuff when we're recording. I always see like a white light move across my door. So I've got. I've seen the a bed- shadow in your room. Yeah, the bedroom door's just there. Yeah. And out the corner of my eye, I just see a, a white thing. Ash the other day was saying. So, yeah, I saw a shadow walk from like where the lamp is towards the bed. Oh, wow. Head, headboard. I said, like, someone just like opened the door, and he was like, No, the shut. I saw a distant shadow just like move from that sort of wall to the bed. And he was just sat like that. <laughs> Save me. You know, I just sat there oblivious. <laughs> but then I see it out of the corner of my eye on the door. The door's closed because I, I have to close the door when I'm doing the podcast, so I don't hear the fucking dogs. But, um, 
because in my previous previous location of podcasting, I was in the downstairs. We got a study downstairs. I miss seeing your dogs. They're always coming. <laughs> and all I could do was I'm scratching at the door. Like, Fucking hell! I got to sort this out. So now I'm in the new the new studio, <laughs> custom built. It's custom built. Look, it's even got it's even got a ring light. Wow. <laughs> um, going back to what Ash was saying about shadow figures and things behind mm. you, and this yep. was going back a while. I was giving a I was giving a reading to someone. And I'm there doing my thing and going, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden she goes, are you, are you recording this on video? I was like, no, I'm only recording the audio. And she's like, oh, because I swear a, a shadow figure has just appeared behind you or just, like, materialised behind you. And I was just like, fuck off. Don't fucking, <laughs> don't fucking tell me that sort of shit because I don't want to be dealing with that when I'm at home. <laughs> if I can go to a location and deal with it and then leave it there, that's fine, but... Like me, I was like, "No, shut up." <laughs> <laughs> wow, seems like a good place to to park then for the Absolutely. for this episode. Um, yeah, I think we've done really well, guys. We've been everywhere. We've even touched C C five, which is and Bigfoot and Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, and even tied that into Hellier. So, it, like Michaela said, if you haven't seen Hellier, it's well worth a watch. Uh, I'm on ep- end of episode five, I think, at the moment. So, I've still got a little bit to go. But I think it was John Keel, is it? When he's the one that sort of first talked about like the baby crying and the candle mm. slamming. Yeah, it's like noises that would get your attention. Yeah, when you hear a baby crying, the human instinct to go. Yeah. So it yeah. Yeah. So that's why they do it to kind of attract you in and car doors can be a bit different, but a bit very random, so that a car door is like a noise. It's why but, it's why yeah, cat so. cats mimic like cats' cries are to mimic babies' cries, aren't they? Is you it? Not heard this. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard I thought apparently. you were gonna say cats mimic car doors closing. I was yeah. gonna like, ooh, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> in the corner. But yeah, apparently Cats meowing is to try and mimic babies crying as much as possible. So people go, I guess, back in times when cats started to become domesticated, people go, oh, my God, there's a baby crying. Where's that? And it's just a cat. They're going, meow, feed me. Mm. Apparently so. I could be well, talking about my ass. Well, they are putting ass. little creatures, aren't they? That's one word for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate cats. Yeah. Shit, hate them. The, t- the teenagers like of the animal world. Allergic to them. I can't go near them. Yeah, I'm allergic to them. I just fucking hate them. Yeah. <laughs> allergic by choice. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, so thank you very much for your input this this month. Um, and we'll we'll meet again, and hopefully we've got something very interesting to speak to you about next month. But yeah, thanks for joining us, and everybody's links will be in the show notes as always and uh, yeah see you guys next week next week next month yeah see you later see you later bye pursuit of the paranormal with ash and greg